How we doing, traders? Welcome to the SPACs Attack. Tired of getting left behind on winning trades? Join Benzinga's free masterclass on July 24th to learn how to spot breakout trades before they skyrocket. Featuring live interactive lessons on how to trade meme stocks, read charts, identify trends, and so much more. To register for free, go to events.benzinga.com. Today, we got a good show. We're going to talk a little bit about some positives and some negatives in the SPAC industry. I'm going to talk about some of the things that I like, some of the things I don't like. So definitely stick around. We'll get some information. Get some comments from the chat, guys. This is what this show is about. I want you guys to be more conversational in the chat. Let us know how you feel also about these topics because this is what it's all about, right? We're a community trying to better understand SPACs. And so one of the best ways is to point to the positives and the negatives in the SPAC industry. Today, we're going to go into that. We'll look at the watch list, see what's moving. A couple of stocks. I got one over 12% already. So definitely stay tuned, guys. Hit the like button. Yes, yes. I know Chris is not here. Chrisopedia. We will all miss Chris. But guess what? We're still going to do the SPACs attack show. So smash the like button, hit the share, and let's get SPACs attack started. What's up, traders? Yes, yes, yes. I know there's so much action going on, whether it be on the downside, some stocks popping up, definitely a volatile market. And these are days sometimes where I just sit on my hands and just relax. Right now, I've been at that point where I just I just don't know where the, the stocks are leading. So one of the best things that I like to do on moments like this is really just sit on my hands and wait till I feel like I got that rotation correct again. Then we can go ahead and nail it. But that's just me. I, if you guys are able to make some money in this market environment, then power to you. Um, hasn't been really the best market environment for me. And, and I kind of agree, even with, with Cutler in the chat here, you know, arrivals shouldn't be this low. But then again, you know, stories don't match the prices right now. For a while, story was everything to these specs right and so like we can see that with uh, a monster like cciv and we could talk about different stocks but the story isn't everything just because the story does uh, lines up doesn't mean that the technicals are matching that story even though the fundamentals might be there so that's something that would definitely pay attention to today we're going to get into some topics but first things first like always like we like to do on specs attack is bring you behind some headlines like always, I normally take care of the headlines, banners at the bottom. Chris tells the news, but I'm going to go ahead and try to do both here for us today. So definitely do me the favor, support us, and smash that like button. Let's go ahead and take us back to some of these headlines. All right, guys, let's go ahead and let's start getting into this. So one of the things that we want to always do is definitely smash the like, hit that subscribe bell, but let's go ahead. Let's get right into it. One thing I definitely recommend, guys, if you don't get our news in the morning already, you should definitely sign up to the SPAC newsletter. It's usually in the description below. Also, if you just want to click on a link. So definitely check out our SPAC newsletter that comes out every single morning. All right, let's go ahead and let's get into the next one. Let's Let's start talking some news. So right now, you know, Velo is rumored with the barbecue guys 
barbecue company backed by Peyton Eli Eli Manning. So we'll we'll see how that one kind of moves there. It's not really much there, but I'll just keep moving on. Next one up, SBG Sandbridge Acquisition Corporation announced that its stockholders approved all proposals related to the previously announced combination with Outlet Baby Care. Now, one of the things that it was stated was, you know, the approximately 92% of the votes casted at the meeting business combination represented only 79% of Sandbridge, uh, Sandbridge outstanding shares. The closing uh, is going to occur on about July 15th or today, essentially, and expected to trade under the ticker UWLT. So definitely check that out, guys. That's UWLT. We'll see when this one starts kind of moving. One of the things that was stated was that they received elections to redeem approximately only 19.8 million of its outstanding shares, which will leave an approximately 32.4 million in the trust account. Combined with 130 million in expected gross proceeds from the current private placement, there'll be approximately 135.7 million of cash available for the combined company from the transaction after deducting fees and expenses. So something that's interesting, definitely not what we wanted to see in Al. It, it kind of gave it a hard down dip yesterday, all the way down towards around 8.30s, now bouncing back up there to $9 today. So I did see something of a passive stake. So definitely take a look at that. I'm going to do a little bit more research on that. Wasn't able to get that before the show today, but I did see a passive stake form uh, amended and it was at, it released it at 10.19. So definitely check that out. That's one thing to keep in mind. All right, so now one thing that Body has mentioned, guys, Body is going out here and mentioning that they they're they're announcing a, a new one, a new MYX2, and so this one's going to be at a special introductory price, going to be coming out in September. Carl putting out this one, nearly half the price of Peloton, and more like a full home gym. So definitely stay tuned for this, guys. We'll be paying attention to see how this professional-grade bike really stands up towards the competition Peloton. And this is one that's definitely on my on my watch. I mean, it has a flywheel, should be fun, versatile pedals. There's no reason why it can't compete with the Peloton, I think. Um, it definitely has some different features, adjustable handlebar, resistance knobs. Look at all these features. It's something that's definitely going to be on my watch, on my radar. So definitely, hey, keep watch on it, guys. What do you guys think in the chat? Let me know what you guys think about that body uh, new MYX2 bike. It's going to be interesting. We'll definitely pay attention to it. OLTL, definitely, definitely. OL, OWTL. All right, hold on, hold on. Let, let, let me just put it up here. I got it right here for you guys. These are the two tickets, so we don't get confused here. I know I know. I, I probably said it wrong. That was probably me trying to do both at the same time here. All right, so th those are the two tickers there for SBG. SBG, I'll just slightly go back here. That's the combination that is coming out of it, and it's going to be OWLT. OWLT. So definitely, uh, I got you, John. My bad, guys, if I messed you up there, crew. All right, let's go ahead. Let's keep going. Peloton is everything other than a bike. Hmm, I'm not sure. I mean, what's Beachbody? You're going to tell me that Beachbody is not everything other, other than a bike? 
if you think a marginally better bike is going to compete with Peloton, hey, I'll, I'll let you know. We'll, we'll, it, it definitely does the same thing, right? I mean, why can't it compete? Let me know, Johnny. W what's so special about a Peloton? You, you, you tell me. All right, let's go ahead and let's keep going. Let's get in towards the next topic here. Next topic I want to talk about is Ride. Ride and NKLA, G-O-E-V, going up today. And, I mean, it's interesting. Right now, Ride was over 12%. Romeo Power up at about 4.5%. Nikola about 4.46%. And I'll put the kind of the watch list up here so you can see that move there. Um, definitely leading up there. But this is coming after positive reports that China's EV sales, um, their trend has been going up. Also, a, a move by the European Commission supposedly to stop engine um, kind of combustible engines by 2035. Um, I, I really don't think this is going to happen. And I mean, I know there's a big move towards batteries, but to say that there's just going to be no uh, combustible engines, I mean, I just don't think that's going to happen. But one of the things that you're definitely seeing is today Ride getting a big lift from that. I mean, I, I personally think this has more to do with maybe a short squeeze, but we'll, we'll pay attention to see how these stocks rally and to see if they can continue to rally. But it's not just one of them. It, Ride, Nikola was making a move up, QS making a move up. As you see, spikes on those charts, and, and we'll see if these guys continue moving on up. All right, Finance of America. At last they buy? I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't really know. Johnny must own a Peloton. <laughs> yeah, Johnny probably does own a Peloton. I hope I hope so. But, I mean, Peloton is not only bikes. Of course it's not. I, I never said it was only bikes. You know, one of the things that Peloton did was change up the mentality that you could have a personal trainer at home. But Beachbody has been doing this for years. So that's that's another thing. I mean, come on. I mean, this is not nothing new to Beachbody, but we'll definitely talk about that and we can keep going. Let's go into the next thing. Uh, next banner I got for you guys. Next story here is RTPY, self-driving startup, uh, Aurora in agreement with Revent SPAC. So definitely check out RTPY. Uh, let's go ahead and get to the next news here. According to this local Miami news channel, Ruiz, MSP, MSP Recovery CEO will become the wealthiest Floridian and the top 20 richest in, in the U.S. upon completion of the merger with LCAP. Stay tuned because I just might have a comment for, for uh, moments like this coming up. So definitely stay tuned, guys. All right, next one up, RSVA, Advanced uh, Silicon Battery Company, uh, Inovix Corporation and Rogers Silicon Valley Acquisition Corp announced the closing of the acquisition, and it's going to be trading under the ticker ENVX on July 15th. Let's see if that one's opened up already. Let me see if I can pull that one up here. Yeah, it looks like it's trading down a little bit right now. Let's go ahead and we can pull that chart up. But it is trading down a little bit right now. So we'll see if this one kind of gets back up there. It opened up near around 21, now coming back down towards 1860s in a sideways trend right now. We'll see if that one can break out of that trend. 
All right, the only other news I have for you guys really isn't kind of more into the SPAC game. Uh, this was going to be more of a SPAC game stock, but I, we, we talk sometimes IPOs also here. So I want to talk about Mark Wahlberg's backed fitness franchiser of the F45 training sets as a term of $325 million of an IPO. This one's going to be trading under the ticker FXLV. Um, F45 is a kind of a, a workout place, uh, a gym studio. It offers a 45 minute workout. And, and I, I mean, I was watching this a little bit on the uh, Wahlberg, uh, what was it called? Wall Street on HBO. So uh, it was interesting. I just want to bring it up since it was news today. Not really back here, but in, into the IPO game. So who knows? Anyone's a, a Mark Wahlberg fan out there? We'll definitely see. All right, let's go ahead. Let's keep it going. What's going on, guys? All right, uh, let's go into the next one. Heart, heart flow. Uh, G-Man wanted me to talk about merger announced today. LGV. We'll get into that a little bit further. Uh, don't have that one on here right now, so I'll, I'll probably have to get towards that news a little bit later on. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get into our middle segment where we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about what I like, what I don't like about SPACs. Um, I know that's probably what a lot of people came by for. And then we'll get into Watts list, talk about some SPACs. I'll just take uh, SPACs from the chat. We can go ahead and go through them, see some levels, see what we're talking about here. Um, But definitely F45 is junk, just like their hamburgers. Hey, who knows? Who knows? Uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg is kind of funky anyways. Who knows, man? Um, I I don't know if you've ever had a Wahlburger. I mean, it was good the first time I had it. The second time I had it, I could say nothing special for sure. Uh, but let's go ahead. Let's get into what I wanted to talk about today, which really was kind of the the top things that I don't like and like about SPACs, right? And so the first one that we're going to talk about is one that, you know, it's something that isn't really something that can kill a company. At least majority of the time, uh, you're not going to be killing your company by doing this. But at the same time, I think sometimes it's just messed up. So preference, preference, before I get into this, I'm going to first state that at the end of the day, I'm very bullish here on MUDs and tops, guys, because of the growth. Because at the end of the day, I think the growth is going to overtake kind of the money that they're giving out here. Um, I think I've seen the drivers in the NFTs. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. But really, I mean, this is really based off of an article. And and I'm going to put the article out here um, just because I think at the end of the day, I think everyone needs to read this article so they can understand what I read and why I feel this way, right? Okay, so one of the things that I don't want to see, guys, from SPACs is massive, massive management payouts. Because at the end of the day, I mean, I, I don't mind people getting paid. I mean, we all do work. We all build. And, and I mean, just like I, I'm here at Benzinga, we all build, right? But that doesn't mean that you should go ahead and take advantage of an opportunity. I think sometimes, uh, you know, you, you see these certain payouts just too excessive, and what is it doing? It's hurting the retail investor behind the stock. And I think that's what's important here is to, is to note that 
hey, maybe this isn't the best thing to be doing. And something that I think I'm going to be paying attention to in SPACs doesn't mean necessarily that I'll go completely away, but it can turn me away and turn me down. So let's go ahead and let's get into it. I'm talking a little bit about SPACs here. Um, and I'm talking really, we're going to get into MUDs and TOPS management here. Um, so one of the things to state, and, and I'm going to read a little bit here um, from the article so I don't make a mistake here and and kind of give you exactly what I find, right? And so Eisner here, you know, Michael Eisner here, uh, you know, he's the ex-CEO here of, and I, let me let me just put this article up here. Why not? All right. So this article is really all about Michael Eisner. So I already put the article in the chat here. Let's go ahead and let's read here. So really, I mean, this is a longtime CEO from Walt Disney, they brought tops to public the merger with Mudrick Capital, right? And so the sponsor here, but this is going to value tops at 1.6 billion. And then three years ago, the business was said to be worth only 400 million. That's not really a problem here. Where we start getting into problems is when we start realizing that he's going to be making and approaching a $600 million payday. Um, I, I just don't know if that's a, a fair amount. Let's just say that. Uh, let's go into a little bit more. So one of the things that you can start seeing is that he's pretty, he's getting a pretty good payout. Um, you know, he got $540 million in shares. And according to Eisner's ownership of about $46 million shares, um, you're talking he also got granted power and the voting power, 86% of the voting power he was able to achieve. And then you hear things a little bit further on about moments like this, where Eisner also would have connected a line share of more than 156 million in cash paid out by tops in the preceding 10 months. And so payments like this is, is something that I just don't like to hear about. So one of the things is the payments don't end here. Tops will also issue a special dividend of 28.4 million at the closing and has also agreed to pay 16 million to Eisner and Madison Dearborn in a deal where the bulk of the tax savings that Tops realizes from going public in return to prior owners. And so Tops has committed to paying out 54.4 million on top of the 102 million paid to Eisner and Madison Dearborn in recent months. That will leave the new public company with $50 million in cash. The business is now raising $250 million in loans from refinance debt. So things like this is just not what I want to be reading. You know, one of the things is it, if the company, the newly public company is going to be left with $50 million in cash, yet Eisner is receiving hundreds of millions of dollars, does this make sense? For the company. And, and so th that 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 right there, I mean, you guys let me know in the chat what you guys feel this this is fair. And do you feel that at the end of the day, SPAC sponsors, just for being a sponsor, should be paid around six hundred million when I mean the company's valuation is at one point four billion. So you guys let me know what you guys think in the chat about that one. I'm going to go into the next topic here, but what do you guys feel about management payouts and, and getting to that level? All right, let's go ahead. Let's get into the next one. Next one up that kind of 
you know, what really hurts SPACs uh, a lot of the times is going to be shareholder dilution, right? So shareholder dilution a lot of the times comes from when the SPACs are merging and the deal just doesn't give you enough of the company. So SPAC sponsors usually own around 20% in the SPAC through the founder's shares or promote as well as warrants to purchase more shares. SPAC sponsors also benefit from an earnout component, allowing them to receive more shares when the stock price achieves a specific target over a certain time frame, which could lead to, in the, in the long run, to further dilution. So where do we see this common? I mean, there's, there's a lot of SPACs that have done this where it's not even 20%. It, a lot of the times it comes down where it's it's at the point where they're owning so much of the company. And then when you receive the company, you're only receiving maybe 5%, 10% of the company. So this is what I think everyone needs to understand with shareholder dilution. It's going to be common in SPACs. And I think that you should see this. You know, one of the things is that dilution comes from right a building and growing company, right? So one of the things is you're going to see sometimes offerings come out of these companies, especially in the early years. So remember that these are new companies and a lot of the times you're going to run into that shareholder dilution and that's just based off the business combination. So with that being said, this is a negative look towards SPACs here, but really, I mean, when we talk about this, this, this is the same thing that happens a lot of the times also in IPOs when they go ahead and open up at a premium. So we'll see how this kind of plays out, but definitely, I mean, shareholder dilution can play on the negative side. All right, let me catch up with the chat, see how everyone's thinking about me, see if everyone wants to just rip me up for hitting up Eisner. But hey, I, I got to be honest, got to be honest, definitely. All right, let's go ahead. Let's see how everybody feels. Feel we've all been working hard in the field, picking stocks, and it's just been a rainy week. So now we're sitting on the hands, having the porch coffee, listening to Mitch. Hey, not a bad one. From a Mitch to a Mitchell. Enjoy that coffee, my friend. Definitely. Let's go. Let's let's keep going. Buying valuation is a big issue for me. Why not buy these startups later on when the market declines? For now, it's free shares or no shares, John says. Uh, buying these specs is a bailout for these companies. Buying these momentum plays like AMC too. It's insane that people can be so stupid to fall for these raises. I mean, hey, it, it happens. I mean, you know, FOMO's not not something that doesn't exist, right? Uh, do agree that large amounts to Eisner, but he still has a lot of skin in the game moving forward. I mean, I mean, how much skin does he really need? Six hundred millions worth. I mean, I, I'm not blaming the guy. The guy's probably got a good savings account. Especially you're talking to someone that was a CEO of Disney, so I don't, I don't think he needs money. But th th that's my personal thing. But we'll, we'll see how that one goes. Overall, the valuation of tops is still very favorable for the retail investor. How? How is it still favorable? I just kind of pointed out that you're giving about six hundred million to the sponsor. It leaves the company with about $50 million in cash. I just don't see how that, that really keeps it there. But we'll go ahead and we'll keep going too. Let's go ahead and let's get into the next one. The last one is that there's only so many good companies out there, right? I mean, that, that's just one of the negative things of SPACs is that at the end of the day, 
there's only so many good companies out there and there's so many unicorns, right? We've talked about some of these unicorns that still haven't gotten picked up. Let's say like Stripe. I still am expecting Stripe to eventually get picked up by a SPAC. But the amount of companies and supply that was out there has really dindled down to a smaller amount. And with that being said, you're going to start seeing that investors and sponsors are going to start willing to go out of their normal comfort zones and start shooting for companies that they normally would not shoot for. At least that's what I feel is going to start happening. So you got to be careful with that, especially with new SPACs coming out and these new deals. Just be careful that the valuation makes sense and that these companies that you don't feel these acquisition companies are just reaching and reaching trying to get a company, can't get this one, so I grab this one. And that's what I don't want to see in the SPAC industry. And it's the last thing on the negative side. But hey, there's always going to be things that we don't like and like about the SPAC industry. And that's why we try to be at least transparent here on SPACs Attack. All right, let's go ahead. Let's let's catch up with the chat. What's up? Baseball cards. <laughs> Wow, they're giving him cash? Handing out the cash, man. Handing out the cash. Yeah, Smith, there's only so many great private companies left. I mean, that's just that's just the truth. There's not that many left. Do you think it's stuck here? PSTH, save that question, Mike. I'll get into that question when we get into the, the kind of the stocks from the chat. We'll get into that. Let's go ahead and let's get into some of the positives, right? Uh, before. You know, one of the things is before we get into the positives, I know you guys saw that SRAC news earlier this week. You know, the SEC finding eight million. Um, you know, the new chairman, Gary Gensler, I, I think he's going to be coming after a lot of these kind of, uh, let's say, when you mislead your investor. So definitely pay attention to that. We could still see some more regulation come into this back industry. All right. So one of the things is, I find these in really, really what I find SPACs guys and, and some people will probably hit me for this one is I find them investment into the next Amazon approach. So one of the things that I always get is a question that, Hey, what's the next Amazon? Where's the next Apple? What do I buy, Mitch? Well, the real question is you'll never really know exactly what's going to be the next Amazon or Apple. But one thing you can take is kind of a long-term investment approach to try to get companies that you feel have that potential to eventually become something as great as an Amazon or Apple. And so with this being said, I think there will be at least one, two, three stocks that come out of this back period where you'll be looking back and saying, man, that was like an Amazon or Man, that that stock reminded me of Apple when it first started. And so with that being said, this is why I invest in SPACs. This is why I do SPACs attack is that I think at the end of the day, there will be a couple companies that come out of this environment and show up to be a massive, great company like, let's say, Amazon. So that's why I pay attention to these. And I think in the long run, we will get some winners. Definitely next thing up would have to be Disruptive technology. You know, one of the things that I've seen often come out of SPACs is a lot of a, a push into these disruptive technologies. So the three biggest targets 
all with revenues more than three billion in the industry are the first one is industrial manufacturing. Um, you know, we've been seeing a lot of these 3D companies come out, try to attack the manufacturing area. The second biggest area is technology, media, and telecom. This is where you're going to start seeing a lot of these tech companies come out. Media, uh, you saw a lot of marketing companies come out in this time. And then, of course, you still got the telecom, the 5G plays that are coming. And then, of course, we go into consumers and retail and travel. This is where you're starting to see a lot of the consumer products, like we just talked about one early in the show, SBG. And so this is where you're seeing these companies really go after. The real question is how disruptive will these technologies be and which one should you go after? So this is why you got to pay attention to the technology. Ask yourself, not necessarily where this technology is going to be in one year, but more long questions like in five or 10 years where this technology could be and how the potential of it could show up to the bottom line. All right, the last one I want to get into is, of course, is going to be about the upfront price discovery. So one of the things that happens with uh, SPACs is that we get an upfront price discovery. You know, a lot of times when you're getting these new IPOs, you'll get stocks to open up, let's say, 60, 70 percent on the premium. A good example is, I mean, we could go back and look at how Airbnb kind of was supposed to be opening up at a certain level, but then opened up massively higher. This is something that happens with IPOs. Now, when we talk about SPACs, you're talking about that you get the price depending on the actual pricing of the SPAC. So this actually gives us a a better advantage in a more volatile market because you're not just buying it up at a premium right out the gates. You know, the opportunity for us to pay $10 instead of $50 is what I like to say. You know, a lot of these, I think if they would have opened up through regular IPOs, they would have been priced maybe near 30, 40s and $50. But really, I think by going the SPAC route, it gives the retail investor a, a bigger opportunity to go ahead and invest in a stock like this. Because a lot of times as an investor, you're not really trying to just throw money out there. And if you're talking about a $60 stock, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to just keep buying up shares and so, to believe in something that's so expensive and has that much downside look. But now when you're when you're talking SPACs, a lot of the times you're going to be talking about a stock that has a downside look towards 10. And usually these stocks haven't really broken down that $10 level massively. So that's one of the things that you can definitely use compared to, let's say, an IPO that could go up to 60, come back to 20, then go back up towards 120. So definitely, definitely, it's something to keep on watch. The upfront price discovery, I think, gives the advantage to the retail trader. And so that's that's the last one on the plus side. Look. All right, let's go ahead and catch up with the chat. Disruptive DMYQ planet. Hey, well, that perfect example, perfect example of technology that's definitely disrupting the industry and coming in to kind of push towards the next levels. All right. So what do you guys think of my three top 
topics that I like and dislike in SPACs. If there's one topic that stands out to you, whether it's on the like side or dislike, definitely throw it up in the chat because I, that's what I wanted to do here. I wanted to go into some of the positives and negatives. I hope you guys enjoyed me going a little bit more in depth into these topics. All right, let's go ahead and let's pay attention. Let's get in towards the SPAC watch list time. We're going to get into our watch list. We're going to look at SPACs from the chat. So definitely throw up a ticker if you guys got a stock you guys want me to take a look at. And let's check out the watch list. All right, traders, let's do this. Let's go ahead and let's pull up here the watch list. I'm going to go in through this and, and start looking at some of these stocks moving. Uh, Ride, we've already talked about, but SoFi getting a nice lift today. Um, shares, let's see if there's any news out. Looks like it's actually a top trending stock on, on Wall Street bets. I'm not sure why that article is showing up there, but definitely pay attention to SoFi. Now we pushed up from 1560s up there to 1640s. We'll see if this one continues to run. Um, not a bad stock. We've been waiting for kind of bank news on this one, but good move up there. SoFi. Romeo Power moving on up. Not a bad one. Uh, looks like we had reports on the 14th of unusual option activity. I think this has to do a lot with that uh, spike that you saw in Ride, NKLA, GOEV. Look at Helion up. So you got QuantumScape up. Definitely, I think you're getting a lift in this area. One that is going up today, not a bad one, started to get a little lift there, is GNOG. We've been paying attention to gambling. It's been out of favor. I'm waiting to see what happens with gambling in the next couple of months. I'm in some of these, so hey, sometimes you are going to get in a, in a little bag. So I'm holding the bag right now in Genie. I got no problem with it. Let, let, let's let it build. And, and I, I have that high conviction in this place, so I'm staying in it. I, I know there's a lot of people out there that are believing in DM. DM is definitely one of those. And I, I don't blame you if you're holding the bag in that one right now, too. I mean, I think a lot of us are holding bags now in SPACs, so you got to be careful here. Um, this is probably not the time to go ahead and be loading the boat. But for right now, we'll go ahead and see if DM can get out of this downtrend that it's been in. It's been in a massive downtrend. I'm just glad I was able to sell this thing at, at 12 uh, right here when it broke. I was in at 13s, sold it at 1285s. And man, I think ever since that moment, it's really gone down massively. Um, I'm going to see where this one can turn around. But for right now, I mean, it's it's even below, let's say, back in July of, of 2019. So we're we're below all these levels here right now. So you got to be careful in these stocks and you don't want to get caught with too many bags. Let me just say that one, but uh, I'll be paying attention. All right, guys. So FSR, FSR is starting to get on up there. Uh, I'm not too positive on this one right now. I don't like the chart. The chart just doesn't look symmetrical to me. It doesn't look like it's holding any patterns. And with that being said, I mean, when a stock doesn't hold a pattern, it's not necessarily my stock to trade. All right, let's go ahead and keep going. INDI, uh, ND Semiconductor bouncing off that $8. Really nothing there that I'm seeing. Bark bouncing off $8. Not much there, at least I'm seeing. Let's go over to the chat. What do you guys want to take a look at? EVgo, John? I'll, I'll take a look at EVgo. 
All right, EVGO has actually been on a really bad downtrend also. I mean, look at this, guys. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight straight days in the red. Actually even gapping down here. So not looking good after that pattern. A lot of times we were getting these spikes right into the merger vote announcement, but you need to go ahead and probably take some profit there. At least when I'm from what I'm seeing in my trading, I missed a couple of pops into the 12s and 13s that I didn't take profit in and the stock came back to $10. So with that being said, I'm looking towards probably taking that profit next time. And when I get these little pop-ups, sell into that move, look for the pullback to get back in. All right, let's go ahead. Let's catch up with the chat. What other we what, what other one we got? Never hold the bag. Throw the bag away, Mike, with the wisdom. I can't blame you, no. Uh, honestly, I, I haven't I haven't held many bags in my lifetime. I can honestly say that and I'm happy about that. But there it, it will happen. It will happen, you know. Sometimes you will get stuck in a bag. Should I have sold out maybe a genie and look to rebot it back at these levels? Maybe. Maybe it was one of these stocks that I had been wanting to get into for a long time. And when you when you do that, you miss out opportunities and you go after it. Did I go off of it based off of a level? Yeah. So I'm in it now and I'll hang tight. But definitely, definitely. I mean, no one wants to hold the bag. But at the same time, it's going to happen. Can you explain unusual option activity and how it affects stocks? I mean, it really only affects stocks because one of the things that you see is kind of that FOMO move. Let's say if you get a call sweep, some people would just buy it based off of that. Now, is it really, really affecting the stock directly? No, it's kind of an indirect relationship there. But I think it's something to pay attention to. Uh, when you do see those un unusual options, it shows a lot of activity also that people are, it's interest, it's coming up to interest for option traders. So that it should come up to interest for equity traders. And so I, I, I go straight to common stocks, but if you are that kind of options person and you saw unusual options, you could go ahead and take a look here, see how the short interest is, see how much volume has been on the contracts to see if it's really trending. All right, next one up. PSFE being mentioned by Mike E and Carl. So let's go ahead and take a look there. That's PaySafe heading back down there. Looked like it popped up there towards 11, but this one looks like it's trying to head towards 1050. And it could go towards that low, the low on the chart there, 1008. Um, one of the questions that I have is how many of these SPACs are we going to get back down towards $10? And are we going to be able to hold supports? Because this one had that move on May 13th where it went down to these levels. The real question is, can it hold 1050? Can it hold $10 on pullbacks? Because we don't want it to crack through that level. All right, catching up with the chat. What else are the ones we got here? I'm seeing Viacom unless that one has changed over to a SPAC. And I don't know that, but hey, it happens. Everything I own, I'm holding bags. Hey. Carl, sometimes we got to hold the bags. Maybe you're like the bank, man. Just put it in the bank. Hold it for five years. Maybe it'll come back. All right, let's go ahead. Let's pay attention to this. Uh, slams, muds. Hey, we, we talked a little bit about that one. Uh, we talked more about slam yesterday. It's going to be interesting, definitely to watch, but we'll see how that one continues to move. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com.
All right, so DCRN mentioned by Tim S. Let's take a look at that DCRN. We got about uh, 17 minutes left here, so we got a couple of stocks that we can take a look at for sure. Uh, decarbonization plus. You know, one of the things is about this one is that at least you have some levels to go off of. Uh, you don't have the biggest high to kind of attack, but at least you have some support that you can go off of either if you want to hold towards the 980s or hold below that towards the 965s. Interesting to me that it gapped up at these levels. So be careful that you could fill these gaps towards 970 and then go up. One of the things that I'd point out is that I could see kind of a trend line eventually forming um, where you kind of get this kind of move, where you get this move up, down, up, coming down, and then coming back up through it. That's what I'd be paying attention to in DCRN. You need to know three variables, not just one. Story, fundamentals, and technicals. If you don't got all three, a lot of times, at least from what I see, the timing can be off. The story can change. The fundamentals can just not point to the price action. So that's what I try to do, guys. I try to use a combination here. Um, so really... It's a three variable approach so that we can not get stuck in a lot of stocks like this. If I would have been paying attention to my rules, my rules would have told me that the technicals were to get out right here on the 18 crackdown. And so that's why you got to go ahead and establish rules. A lot of the times, if you don't stick to your rules, that's how you easily end up with a bag. But hey, that, that's going to happen. Definitely, definitely hit the like. Thank Mitch. Yes. Hit the like, hit the thumbs up guys. I'm trying to be as transparent and let you guys know when I win and lose. And sometimes I am going to have a major winner. Sometimes we're going to get stuck holding the bag and we got to learn from it. So the next time this opportunity can go ahead and turn into risk management versus a bag hold. All right, let's go ahead. Let's take another stock from the chat. What's going on out there? Yes, Jason, Rush Street, RSI, struggling right now, struggling. But GNOG bounced back. Didn't you guys have an interview with Mark uh, Berard? Yeah. Uh, yes, we had that LEV interview already. But I want to go to the actual vehicles. I want to do in-person interviews. We're going to get there, guys, on SPACs Attack. We'll definitely get there. Thumbs up. Thanks. What's up? What's up? Kenneth. You got a spec for me to take a look at? If you guys got one with me to take a look at, let's go ahead and pay attention. Glad I didn't throw all in in Genie at 1750. Hey, uh, I'll, I'll hold the bag for you, Sax. So I can't blame you, Aaron. I still like the stock at the end of the day. I mean, the thing behind the thing has the data. And I mean, they're coming out with positive news after positive news as a positive news. I really haven't seen negative news except, I mean, if you call the offering negative. But that's the only thing that I've seen that could actually turn you away, at least in my eyes, from Genie. Let's go ahead and let's get in towards a next one up here. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about GEV because we were talking about this one to see if it was going to get a rip. So we're, we're talking Cano here. Uh, you know, EV has been pushing back. Let's take a look here. You know, one of the things that I saw was these multiple attempts to get through this. Today we got up there towards 930s, but it didn't break out. You know, that's what I was wondering. Were we going to get a chance to break out through those levels? You know, if you if you draw it a little bit tighter, you could draw it on the hourly here and just draw it off this high and kind of see this look. 
The real question is, are we going to start holding here and ripping back out? That's what I'm going to pay attention to. Can we hold this 860s, get back above 950s, and really start making a move in Cano? Uh, Cano, you guys, is G-O-E-V, if you don't know that ticker. TTCF, who is a fake me lover out there? Um, I, I'm not one, but hey, it's all to you. If you feel that you have a, a you want to be a plant eater, that's all. That's all good. The dinosaurs did good, right? I mean, so TTCF now getting into Kroger's. Um, Chris has talked about this stock and, and mentioned a lot of the partnerships that they've been getting, and they've been really getting out there to the mass. So the question is: Is this company really? Tattooed Chef going to compete with Beyond Meat? Let me know in the chat, guys, if you guys think Beyond Meat can compete with Tattooed Chef. And maybe for that case, if you want to include Impossible. So put in the chat if you like Beyond Meat, Tattooed, or Impossible to win the race here in the alternative meat battle here. Um, yeah, not, 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 no vegans here. No vegans here, but looks like Aaron's a vegan. Hey, you could eat it all for me, man. No worries. Let's go ahead and let's pay attention. Let's see what we get out of Tattooed Chef now that we've had kind of this trend that it's running into. Uh, you know, it's tried to get above 22 multiple times. Let's see if it holds these levels and gets back above 22, which would be giving it into that positive look and for a breakout. Hell yeah, frozen food loses Loses to impossible. <laughs> impossible over beyond. Who knows? But beyond, oh man, they 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 they've been in years. They've been in stores for years. Hmm, we'll see. We'll see how this whole alternative beat meat uh, kind of really plays out. Because I think that you know one of the things is in an inflationary environment. Aren't these going to go up really high in prices? I don't know. I, I'm not an alternative meat fan, so I don't know it. I like my meat too, Rick House. I can't blame you, but you can eat the plant food. I can't eat it, man. I just can't do it. Nothing comes close to impossible, someone's saying in the chat. So maybe, I don't know, maybe impossible is the one. Tyson has a new line also. There you go. If Tyson comes in there, I mean, are they going to just take away from the pie? of the alternative meat. I know there's a lot of other companies that are going to step in here. The competitive advantage could go away from beyond meat and go towards a different company. So definitely pay attention. Yeah. I like my real meat too. No worries. Blind trader. Uh, I can't, I can't give up a good steak. I, I just can't do it. I mean, if you want to give it up, I mean, that's up to you, but that is going to probably do it for me in a second here, guys. We're going to be wrapping up. we got about five minutes left. The last thing I wanted to do was kind of go to the chat. And I want to ask, hey, hey, guys, what's been your biggest winner in the SPAC industry? And what has been your biggest loser? So let's go into mine. I'll go into mine. I'll be transparent. Um, let's, let's take a look here. So my biggest winner, of course, that I've called out would be CCIV. I mean, that, 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 that monster move from $10 up to 60 still to this day, kicking myself because I should have definitely been in CCIV um, with a bigger position. But that was when I was trying to give these SPACs without actually being invested in them. 
Um, back then, I felt that I, you know, I wanted to really be on top of the moves, get you guys the moves. So I wasn't into actually investing in SPACs at that time. I was more along just trying to give the stories, and I missed out on this monster move that we got in Churchill Capital. Um, there you go. I'm seeing some names being mentioned in the chat. I like to see everybody having some good wins also. So it looks like John said CCIV QS. What a win in QS. I mean, what a big move. Carnivore over herbivore. I mean, I don't know. where's my carne? <laughs> Let's go ahead. Try uh, BBQ and fake meat on the grill. Yeah, not try smoking it. I'm a smoker out here, so I like me smoking some brisket, smoking some pork. I mean, I'll smoke anything, just about anything. Biggest win still waiting. <laughs> Carl said he's still waiting. Winner QS. All right, let's talk a little bit about a loser. To me, my biggest loser, and I'd have to go ahead and just just kind of call it call it like it is. Right now, it would have to be Genie, but I haven't given it up. Right? I mean. It isn't a loss unless you sell, right? I've heard that comment being mentioned. Like always, guys, uh, this is not for investment advice. This is all for educational purposes. And the opinions do not represent those of Benzinga and hosts can and guests may hold maintain positions. Go ahead and give the disclaimer after that one. But yeah, I I mean, Genie would probably be that one. But for right now, I'm going to call it SPNV. Because it didn't do anything for me. You guys heard me talk about this one for so long. And it was looking so positive. And I was in this one. I averaged down. I had a good average. I was like at like 1050s. And then next thing you know, it even broke that level. When it broke that level, I ended up getting out of this stock. Get, getting a loser. Not the biggest loser. I mean, it wasn't massive. But what to me really what hurt me in this one was time how much time i held this stock and it did not give me a gain and so to me this is kind of more of a time advantage thing you know sometimes you're gonna have positions that just go sideways and you're like man i missed out on this 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 opportunity because i was stuck in a stock that was in a sideways trend and so to me that's why this is the worst loser for me in spnv because i was just stuck sideways for like Thing like two or three months, then eventually giving it up to then see it get the name mentioned after I give it up and then it not moving based off of that. And so with that being said, uh, I'll, I'll be still paying attention to SPNV, but I mean, it's still just in the sideways trend going across from 993s. All right, let's go ahead. No big winners here. Hey, Hertz, uh, well, I wish you the best. Stay with the SPACs attack. I'm sure eventually you'll get an idea that you know you'll be able to go ahead and profit from i mean I, we've given so many ideas and what we're really about is the process that we try to take in this industry it's a relatively kind of not new but new to investors eyes and so that's why we did the show and stay at it we'll definitely try to find one of those winners there thanks mitch i have a couple of good trades with specs hey wish you the best biggest loser ipod and ipof still holding David, I can't blame you for holding those. I wanted IPOF. Uh, maybe not IPOD, but IPOF, I definitely wanted. Let's see where it's at right now. I mean, what are we doing? We're just going sideways? On the sideways trend. 
definitely, definitely, guys, just sideways. Um, this is when you get caught, you know. The the hype in this stock alone brought it to 17, above 17s. And that's that's ridiculous. I mean, this stock had no no business being up there. And that's what happened. And so it's it's hard. It's hard because you weren't the only one that had the FOMO in this stock and probably jumped in because of the hype that was out there. This is why I I, I think it's kind of uh, an anti thing to be super hype about SPACs in the social realm because one of the things that I see a lot of the times is SPACs being pushed, but SPACs being pushed when they're at the top of the chart. This is when I don't like SPACs being pushed. This is when I want people to go ahead and do their research in the stocks that are down at the bottom because you keep trying to pick the tops and buy those tops. Guess what? You find a top. And it literally becomes a top and you see the stock come all the way back down and you get caught into something that you never wanted to get caught in. But like always, guys, keep working at it. It's never one perfect way to trade, never one perfect way to trade even in the SPAC industry. What I can say is definitely continue to work. Look for good management teams good companies. These are investments. That's what I always talk about. Not necessarily day trading vehicles. I'll say it again, not necessarily day trading vehicles. I see too many people out there trying to day trade SPACs. And with that being said, you're going to run into a lot of stock manipulation. I don't want to see people get crushed because they're trading something that usually isn't something that is day tradable. Reason why is a lot of times you're going to run into low float, low volume. When you have low volume, you create volatility by trading these stocks. Um, that's why I like to trade high volume stocks with high relative volume so that I don't get caught into a stock with a low flow, low volume, and then the price action really gets choppy. Like always, guys, keep working on your skills. Develop it one at a time. I always say work at it. Like if you first need to work at your technicals, nail down your technicals before you move on to the next step. Then start learning about fundamentals. Start looking at forward PEs. Start looking at market cap. Start looking at share uh, price per share. Start learning up what book value is. Start learning about these fundamentals. Then you can move into the story game, the social game. That's what I did. I worked all three variables until I could put them into one kind of trade. And that's what's brought me to the level that I'm at right now. Like always, guys, keep working at it. Up next, you got Power Hour coming on next. Like always, guys, hit me up on Story Investors, and I'll see you next time on the SPACs Attack.